Welcome to the Styano Plastic Surgery Podcast with plastic surgeon JJ Styano, the only plastic surgeon in the UK who owns a clinic specializing in breast and body contouring. I've got a question here. So it goes something like this. How long do I have to maintain a goal weight before I can have skin removal after a large loss, 110 kilos from, spelt wrong, gastric bypass, please. This was put on the Facebook from last week. And it said, like, did you miss my questions? I don't understand on the comments on Facebook. It's got like little times. I don't know if it came during the, the Facebook live last week, but if it did, I apologize if I missed it. But anyway, I'm doing it this week. I don't know if you're out there. Um, but this is it and um uh, and i'll answer you now i think i'll see in the comment anyway the so there's no set number in terms of how long you should keep your weight but the premise of the question alludes to the fact that people who have had weight loss can tend to rebound and the weight can tend to come back on again and so um and if you have body contouring surgery like skin removal of some sort and then uh, you make everything tight and if you put weight back on then you will tend to um, stretch the skin again to sort of negate the surgery you know not not completely negate it but it is a bit of a um, a bit distressing if you if you um, go through all this surgery and then go and put weight on again so it is really important that your weight is stable. Um, how long you should be stable with your weight is not um, set in stone. And I know that some places ask for a year. I think I've even heard of two years, but certainly a year. Uh, six months is also quite standard. Um, I don't have any um, rules on it, and I don't have any uh, uh, strict criteria on it. But I do try, my, my practice is more like, I try and have like, um, what's the word? Working with you, conciliatory. Is that the word? It's a word. Um, you know, working with you to say, look, I want to get the best result. You want to get the best result. So you really need to be true to yourself and you really need to be stable with your weight, comfortable with your weight, sustained weight loss rather than diet that is perhaps not sustainable. So, um, you know, that is the, um, the trick to have a, a sustainable weight that you're happy and comfortable with um, before having surgery. Because much as the surgeon doesn't want you to put your weight back on again, I'm sure you don't want to, you know, um, stretch that skin again. So you, at the end of the day, you want to have the best result for yourself. We want to do the best result for you. So let's work together. Yeah. Teamwork. Yeah. Um, and let's get you that best result we can. So be true to yourself and be stable. Um, and and the, the length of time for stability of weight is, is not um, universal. Um, but I think six months would be a reasonable period of time to, to suggest. 
Salma is straining with a question. That's what we want to see. That's the sort of spontaneous question asking we want to see in the in the, in the uh, Instagram. Does a breast lift reduce the size of the breast? If it does, would it be a cup size or half a cup size? Nice question, Salma. Respect you deeply for that because that is a good question. And it's one which I try and um, understand by asking people how they feel it's whether they feel it's changed the size of the questions really that's what i want to see the change the size of their breasts the strictly speaking the answer to the question is no it does not change the size of your breasts well it reduce you reduce a very small amount of volume when you do a mastopexy when you do a breast lift you do take some skin out and that skin does have some volume to it but we weigh that skin and it usually weighs 10 15 20 grams a cup size would be 150 grams so it is nowhere near a cup size um it is a very small volume and is nowhere near a cup size it's not even near a half a cup size um i googled it and it says it reduced a cup size oh well there you go salma well it's a cup size then if you if you googled it salma i mean you googled it and you got a You've got a guy here, right? Trained, right? He's only written the book on it, Salma. He's written the book on it. Yeah. Well, that's not me, but that is this guy. Okay. So don't Google it, because this guy knows. So I would not say that it removes a cup size personally. Um, um, but having said that, so strictly speaking, <laughs> strictly speaking, um, um, from a purely surgical point of view, very small volume is removed, negligible volume is removed. So strictly speaking, your bra cup size should not change. Having said that, people do sometimes feel that their bra size has changed and do does feel that the size of their breast has changed. But I've actually seen it both ways because when the breasts are sitting low and you do a lift and they're sitting high, sometimes people feel that sometimes people feel that the <laughs> athletes coming in. Yeah. Um, sometimes people feel that the volume is bigger. Sometimes people feel that they're, they're bigger. Um, and as I say, a small amount of volume is removed. So sometimes feel people feel that they are smaller. So you do get it both ways that people sometimes feel it bigger, sometimes feel it smaller but usually it's broadly about the same. And if it does change in size, it may be that you are wearing a different back size. Because obviously if you wear a different back size, if you wear a bigger back size, you can wear a smaller cup size with the same size breast. So that's something you've got to be careful of if someone does say they have surgery and they change their cup size significantly for a lift or, or something like that, because you've got to think, what has the cup size changed? Because if the cup size, um, has the back size changed? Because if they go and get measured and they say, hold on a minute, you've been wearing a 34B, you actually should be wearing a 32C, um, um, and that's even, you know, that, 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 that's like, so then if you have surgery and you were a um, 32C and then you go and get, you get a mastopexy and you get measured and they say, oh, you're a 34B, then you might say, I've gone from a C to a B, but actually you've gone from 32 to 34. So you check cup size, although it has changed, your back size got bigger. So actually the size of your breast hasn't changed. Ooh. 
went off on one there. I think we'll have to roll back the uh, play that back in slow motion. I don't know if that has been, um, I don't know if that has actually come out. But anyway, it was all there. I don't know if it came out. Bottom line is, it shouldn't change much. It shouldn't change much, Salma. Is the answer to that? And I don't. You get it. Phew. Thank God for that. Sorry if I went on off on one there. Um, but a little bit. Yeah. Go there. Yeah. And the other thing I'd say to you, Salma, if you're worried, if you're, if, so if you're happy with the cups, I'd stick with it. The main thing, actually, that I would say about a breast lift, the main thing that I try and make clear to patients is the shape that you can achieve with a lift. And you have to be comfortable with the shape you can achieve with a lift. Because whilst it's always up there when you first have it done, it settles. And it settles to give a bit of concavity in the upper pole. So it doesn't give quite as much fullness as I think sometimes people associate with having a boob job. What they're looking at is they're looking at people who've had implants. So when you have implants, you do get a sustained fullness in the upper pole. But if you have a lift, they say, hold on a minute, I'll lift, I want them up there. They don't stay up there, they settle. And it may be that um, that that shape, you know, in a bra, fine. But when you take your bra off, you have to be comfortable with that shape. So if, if you're comfortable with the size, I'd say, yes, definitely a lift. But um, the... The, the main thing is the shape thing. So that's when you get lifts combined with implants to give that fullness, but also to make them bigger. But um, but yeah, if you just want them to have a look how they look before, I think a lift. My vote is a lift there, Salma. And um, as I say, you would have to accept a slight bit of volume removed, but it is very slight. And we we literally, you know, or you can't, you know, you can ask them to, to, to actually weigh it. We actually often weigh it and it's like, but if you like a B cup, it's going to be like seven grams, ten grams. It's going to be a very small amount of weight, very small amount of volume that gets removed, but the shape's made better. And uh, so that's where I'd be going. If you are worried about the size being smaller slash the shape being not quite right, obviously you can combine a lift with implants, but that's a big deal. And so I always say to people, that's a big deal, so be careful about it. And so if you are borderline, which it sounds like you are, you've got one overriding problem, then um, I would say then have a lift in the first place and then um, see how you feel. And if you're happy with it, fine. But if you're not happy with it, you can always add in parts later. Uh, and that would be a safer way of doing it, although it's a bigger deal having two ops. But that's the way I would be. That's my algorithm in my head. I'd be thinking, look, if you think they're too small and you're not covering the shape, then you could always, um, then you could always have that later on. I came to see... I'm, I'm losing track of the chat, Salma. I'm going to be honest with you. I came to you for an area reduction, but I think I want to do a breast lift and an area reduction. Yeah. Did I say that to you, Salma, at the time? That actually you know, a breast lift is has got an area reduction built in, if you like. So an area reduction is an integral part of a breast lift, albeit a breast lift being a much bigger operation than an area reduction. But yeah, that sounds like a good thing. If you, it's something I stress is that you have to be happy with the shape of your breasts. If you just want an areola reduction, if it's just pure areola problem, but if you want the areola to be smaller, in fact, Sam, I've got a bit about that in a minute, donut style breast lifts. But um, yeah, so areola reduction makes the areola smaller, but if you want to lift, then the lift is better. Um, oh, can you hear him? Honestly. He's going to listen to Jonathan. He's a surgical wizard, just going to point out that that's from Natalie not my words very kind Corin is here what are you doing here Corin um what I saw a super surgeon JJ my favorite person of the day hope you're all right Corin you should be resting up girl 
All right, you rest up. Um, okay, I, I have small breasts. Really good giving advice. I wish there was another dermatologist talk about face issues. Thanks again. Okay, Uniform BB. <coughs> I can have a go at face issues, but yeah, I'm not the best, am I? I think I probably had a go last week, didn't I? Probably didn't do very well. Yeah, okay. Um, I've seen dermatologists on um, Instagram, um, but I definitely see them. In fact, they're more, more, um, a lot more followers than I have. But anyway. um, so they probably are. Out of subjects, do you do substitution for acne cells? Nice uniform BB. I've got, listen, that is, that is leading me on to my next question beautifully. Having said that, because I've got a question about tethered scars. Paula has asked a question here. How common is swelling in the upper abdomen, abdomen after tummy tuck and muscle repair? Cup of tea. Oh, big day. Corrie will tell you. Oh. Mm. I've just got in, Corrie. I've just literally got in. Um, Needed to see the festive jumper. Yeah, just got in, put the jumper on, and then got in. Um, how common is swelling in the upper abdomen after tummy tuck and muscle repair? Common, Paula. It is common. Swelling in the upper abdomen. Uniform BB, I will answer the substitution question. I'll just do Paula first. Um, and by the way, Debbie says hello, so I'm going to say hello right back to you with several O's. Um, yeah, it is swelling. Yeah, it is common, uh, Paula because you have to go you have to make a sort of uh, a tunnel up to the uh, the zipper sternum so you have to make a space up there to do the muscle repair and so that space can often swell and and um, in my experience you can actually get quite a lot of swelling in that space because i i i mean this is why it's difficult doing this stuff because it's very surgeon dependent i guess and I, I guess we all have a nuance of doing it but you know i just make a tunnel up here i don't don't widely undermine i think most people do just make a tunnel now and actually i find there's quite a lot of swelling there therefore i often will use three drains of the tummy tuck or i'll put one up them up the middle as well as one on either side um and um you know you can you do worry about sort of hematomas and, and blood collecting in that bit there um it, it seems to be a bit more of an oozy place than actually the sides so um so yeah swelling in the upper abdomen is, is definitely a thing after a tummy tuck um with muscle repair because the the uh the underbinding goes up there and uh i'm gonna say three months before it starts to go down and um you know six months eight months 12 months before it properly goes down so it is a thing um for a faux show um debbie i've got to be honest with you, debbie i love this jumper but we can't see it. It's got it's got a it's got a pulled bit. Oh, I shouldn't be showing this, should I? Should be showing this. It's got a pulled bit there. Oh, where was it? There. Pulled pulled the thread, you know. Caught it on something. Pulled the thread. So it's a bit threadbare, but I do like it. Um a couple of years old this one, and it was the first one I ever had. Never had one before then. Um first and the best. Love it. Corin, I'm sorry, pop a brownie in that brew for me. You don't know what's in here, do you? You lot think it's tea. Yeah. I don't get through life by just drinking tea, you know. Um, I do, actually. I do get through life by just drinking tea. Um, Debbie, what you got? What is the downtime after lipo? 
I'm not big, size 10, but have a mummy pouch and I'm booked for Lyco in Jan, but I'm hoping I'll be up and about in seven to 10 days. Um, yeah, I've got to be honest with you, Jerry, you will be up and about on in one days. Yeah, you'll be up and about straight off the bat. Now, if you're just having to, uh, Lyco, then um, then yeah, I mean, in fact, I'd encourage you, you know, it'd be, it'd be, I'd encourage you to get up and about in day, you know, on, on one day, day one. Um, but yeah, I think 70 days is reasonable. Having said that, Debbie, you will be swollen. I mean, liposuction is great because the incisions are tiny. They're just little stab incisions. So if you're just having liposuction, the actual sort of scars and the healing is really minimal. They're just tiny little stab incisions, but it is quite traumatic. And so you do get quite a lot of bruising and quite a lot of swelling. And often the swelling could look same or similar to what you had before, you know, what you had the lipo for. And you think, crikey, they haven't done anything. It's just the same as it was before. And we're like, I don't know, well, I definitely have done something, but it's quite swollen. So you do get quite a lot of swelling. So, you know, if it is in an area where you can have compression, um, you know, like um, big pants, or if they give you a compression garment or something like that, then that's good. But um, but you will be swollen again, It's and it's months. It's months for the swelling. But um, I think seven to 10 days, uh, and you will obviously be not bad by the anesthetic, but I think seven to day, 10 days is a reasonable suggestion in terms of driving and, Sort of getting back into life and, and things because as i say the incisions will be small but you'll probably be bruised and swollen for a few months but you should be able to get back into life um uh, in that time oh here we go uh and breast explant implant ex what? Hmm? explant implants and uplift at the same time good god so change your implants we saying explant implants uh change your implants and uplift at the same time oh well that's a didn't say that did you debbie that's a bit that's a different kettle of fish Again, you will be up and about straight off the bat, but you will, you know, that's that's a bit more. The lift and implants is gonna is gonna knock you back more. So I would say a couple of weeks, uh, two to three, really, in terms of healing and driving and that sort of stuff. Um, and shape it won't be right at all to start with. And um, excuse me. And um, um, yeah, yeah, that's. I think seven to ten days for a lift with implants plus liposuction to the abdomen is is uh, on the short side, Debbie. Um, because yes, I agree, the liposuction won't knock you back too much, but the lift of implants will lift and change of implants will, and the shape won't be right. It'll feel swollen, tender, weird, tight, look weird, and that will take a little good few weeks to to sort itself out. Good luck with that. Very exciting. When's that? January. Very exciting. So here we go, Ali Unifor BB. I said I'd uh, I said I'd do it. So so Unifor BB asking about subcision for acne scars. Could you talk about difficult regions for untethering scars, i.e. on a throat? So I will talk um, specifically about the throat question, but I will also talk about um, untethering scars. Debbie, you're welcome. Um, in general, so yes, um, so. Absolutely. This is um, this this is a question was asked up, um, by a patient of mine who's got a tracheostomy scar. So she had a tracheostomy, and the scar is tethered onto her um, onto her windpipe, and it's very difficult to to do things about that because there's no there's nothing there. You throw it onto the um, trachea, so um, it's a tricky tricky one. You don't want to go injecting stuff into it because it's gonna, and there's no sort of ideally i mean it's really hard to fix tethered scars bottom line that is the bottom line 
um, and Uni4BB is asking about subcision. Um, in fact, just this afternoon, I have done, which we videoed, so you what? What? You're not subscribed to the YouTube channel. What's the matter with you, for the love of God? Get subscribed to the YouTube channel, because we videoed today um, a, um, a, a, a patient with deeply tethered scars who I've treated. Um, so that should be coming out. And I'm, I'm GoPro'd. Got my, got my GoPro on. Um, so, yeah, check that out. Subscribe to the, to the YouTube channel. Remember to smash the like button um, and, uh, and click the bell. But um, anyway, I'm digressing. So the, they're really hard to treat tethered scars. And the reason they're hard to treat is because you are dealing with scar tissue. And as surgeons, all we can do is give you more scar tissue. No surgeons can get away, can get rid of, no doctor can get rid of your scar tissue. No one is going to get rid of your scar. So you've got to think, what is my problem? So if you have a, so if you've just got a scar you don't like, there's nothing, no one can do anything about it. You can have a scar. If there's a specific problem with the scar, then you may be able to do something about it. And one of the problems you get with it is tethering. And, um, you know, especially if every time she swallows the scar sort of, um, and uh, so tethering and, and dents and um, uh, contour irregularities it is more difficult than you would think. Subcision is where you put a little needle in and you try and break down the scar tissue underneath the skin to let the scar lift up. And as I say, the problem is you're dealing with the body's healing process of causing that scar to fall down. And the worry I've got with subcision is that, yes, no problem, you can break that scar and let the scar lift up and make it look okay. But what's going to happen to the space? Anyone? Anyone? That's right. It's going to fill with scar tissue. So it's going to fill with scar tissue and pull back down again. So that's the worry. Um, people talk about injecting fillers um, to try and plump up the scar. Again, in my experience, when you try and inject filler into a tethered scar, the filler goes to the place of the path which is the least resistant, which is either side, um, which will um, cause the dent to look worse. So uh, it is a difficult problem to fix. And the best way, so this patient that I had this afternoon, what I did was I cut out the scar. There was a couple of scars on his hyaline, a couple of scars on his cheek, cut out the scars and, uh, and, and, and sutured them directly. Uh, and this is a face, hopefully it'll heal up. The face usually heals up pretty well. He'll still have a scar, exactly the same place where his old scar was, but the idea is you're trying to get rid of the dent. Um, in other areas where there's more fatty tissue around, what we would try and do is actually physically try and get some fatty tissue across to, to, to bolster up that scar, to put underneath that scar. And that is why it is difficult to do it in areas like the throat because you can't get fatty tissue on either side. You can't really get tissue on either side to, to bolster up that scar. There's not a huge amount of subcutaneous fat in that area because that's what you're trying to do. You can't just cut out, the, well, you can cut out the scar and stitch it up, but the worry is that scar, that, that new scar is going to tether down again. So you have to try and get something to bolster it up from either side. So you cut out the scar, but then on an area like the throat or the abdomen or somewhere like that, you would try and raise some fat from either side to bolster up. Ooh. Brad will cut that bit out to bolster up the, the scar. So we're trying to bolster it up and keep it up. 
And if it's a place like the throat without much fat over the either, either side, really hard to get some healthy fatty fat, 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 basically fat, yeah, to, to bolster it up. And subcision, I don't do subcision. Uh, dermatologists have got to do more of that, so I haven't got a huge experience on it, but that's my worry of it, that you do subcision and it, and it pulls down again. So that's my worry about it, but as I say, I, I don't do it, so probably not the best person to be talking about it. Am I really? I really shouldn't be talking about that. Don't want to talk out of turn. How's it going? Okay, what we got next? Um, so this one is going back to the earlier thing. We've got a good theme running through today. Good theme. We've got a tethered type scar theme and a lift theme. Yeah. So this is says, do we offer donut style breast lift along with implants? I want to avoid scarring as much as possible. I'm sure I'll achieve great results with this option. So do we offer it? Yes. Do we do it much? No. And if you think you're going to achieve great results with this option and you want someone like talking to you as if you're the person, I know you, you're probably not, but if you are, then I will talk to you as if you're the person. But you know, if you think that you really want to get a uh, donut lift, um, circumareola, just scar around the areola uh, and implants, probably we we are not the place for you to come i've said it there i've said it because whilst very rarely i'll do it mainly when i'm thinking about a donut lift i'm thinking about a um um uh tuberous breast deformity where there's actually a problem with the nipple areola complex this herniation of the nipple areola complex the nipple, nipple areola complex is often very large um I've got to be honest, that's it. That's probably where I would use a, a, a circumarial approach. Anyone who needs a significant lift would, I, I don't think the circumarial approach in my hands, I'm not saying this is about everybody in my hands, I don't think it gives a very good lift. It doesn't lift the breast much, it tends to flatten it, it just sort of, the, the circumarial scar can be a bit wrinkled and crinkled. And I know that you want the least scarring, and there's a spectrum. And you've got a spectrum on one end of the spectrum, you've got zero scarring, or at least if you're talking about lifting implants, you've got the scarring of an implant, which is in the fold. At the other end of the scar scarring spectrum, you've got your full-on inverted T-shaped scar. And then in between, you've got your lollipop and you've got your circumareola. So you've got inframammary, nothing visible from the front. Then you've got round the nipple, round the nipple down, round the nipple down, and fold, anchor. So you've got a spectrum. Most skin remove, most lift, least skin remove slash no skin remove, no lift. Um, I feel that the circumareola doesn't give a good lift, but does give a visible scar on the front of the breast. The scar can be puckered. And so I think it, the balance is often not in its favor. I often think that you will get a better lift with the other scarring. And if you want minimal scarring, then you should go with just an implant and no lift. And this is something we'd have to see in the clinic and discuss and to talk to you about. It depends on how much of a droop you've got. Some patients have got so much of a droop, they need a lift. In which case, I would go down the either circumareola, um, either circumvertical, sort of lollipop, or 
anchor inverted T. Or if you're one of these people who are borderline, some people are borderline, they haven't got a huge amount of skin, they don't need a huge amount of skin tightening. I would say, well, why don't we just try implants, see how much tightening that can give. Obviously, it depends on what size of implant you want. If you want a very small implant, that's not going to work. But if you did want a fair size implant, that might tighten the skin to a degree. It won't, uh, it won't, um, um, specifically i know specifically is the wrong word but i can't think of the right word um it won't specifically lift the breast specific what's the word it won't anyway gloss over it i could have just said specifically and you probably wouldn't have noticed would you anyway it won't specifically maybe specifically is the right word I don't know. anyway it won't particularly or it won't you know particularly lift the breast implants won't don't lift the breast but they do add volume and they do add projection to the breast and in someone who's borderline for a lift it can sort of take up some necessarily very good <laughs> someone here is trying to help me out what's wrong with the rest of you kerry is sees a man struggling throws him a line right it won't necessarily um lift the breast um but it does add volume and it does take up some of the slack on the skin so borderline people i would go with a lift Ah, oh, I'd go with implants without a lift. Um, full-on people, probably a full-on anchor or maybe the circum vertical. Um, and then people in between, we have to have a discussion. And the discussion goes along the lines of, I understand you don't want scarring, but the scarring will give you more skin removal and give you a better lift. So you can have a better lift, but more scarring. Or if you're not, if you really don't want scarring, why don't we just go with the incision in the fold? the shape might not be great the volume will be there in a bra it'll be fine but when you take the bra off they might sit a bit lower and you might not be quite so happy with the shape but remember we're doing it because you don't want the scarring it's a tricky one and it is surgeon dependent and as i say if you have got your heart set on a donut style breast lift we are probably not the best place for you to come you're probably better off looking for someone who um is specializing in the donut breast lifts um, i believe that the donut scar is really good at making the areola smaller and i think that is what it does really well i don't think it does a really good job of lifting the breast so if you've got a large areola fine and as i say if you've got something like a tuberous breast deformity with some herniation of the areola complex you can reduce that fix that and then you can do an augmentation either through that incision or through another separate incision and that just gives you a scar around the uh, areola. But it, if you really want to do a proper lift of the breast, I believe you have to take skin around and at least at the sides, that lollipop to, to, to give it a lift. I believe that that is a better lift than the donut. Not saying I won't do it, but I think you can tell from me from what I've said, I'm not a massive fan of it because it is, out of all the scarrings, right? You've got the infra, you've got the implants on its own, which is the scarring in the fold. That's nothing visible. And then you progress up. You've got the round the nipple, round the nipple down, round the nipple down and fold. Out of all the the three scars, round the nipple down and fold, it's the round the nipple one that's the most obvious. The vertical one often fades pretty well, and the horizontal one is hidden in the fold. You can never see it. So it's the round the nipple one that's the most obvious. So if you're going to go for the round the nipple one anyway, I would say go for the round the nipple one and the and the vertical at least the uh, the circum vertical slash lollipop same thing 
scar is where I would be my starting point for a lift in my book. Well, ho, ho, ho. Um, Merry Christmas, everyone. Uh, I hope that's been helpful. Thanks, Kerry, for bailing me out. Corinne, I hope you've gone for a lie down. Oh, boy. I've got to... Um, I haven't got anything really. I'm going to have a lie down on the sofa, I think. Um, uh, next week. The guy's not going to know next week either. It's bank holiday, isn't it? What do they call it? Bank holiday Tuesday. Probably won't do one next week. Week, week after, I will. What will that be? God knows what that will be. Is that going to be January? Crikey. What's the week after January? Oh, my God. It's the 4th of January. Jeez. We'll be well into January by then. Kerry. Respect yourself for helping me out with the necessary word. Have a fabulous Christmas yourself um, and wonderful New Year because it's going to be the 4th of January before I'm back. Corinne, what are you doing still here? Making up the numbers. Well done. Good on you. Respect you for that. Um, I'm lying down still. Will I see you tomorrow? What? Corinne, you can't ask that on the Facebook Live. Yes, Corinne, you will. I'll be in probably, um, you can if you want. Um, Got on tomorrow, Corinne. Not on tomorrow. Uh, I'm extrapolating my times. I'm going to say eight, eight to half eight in the morning. I'll be in Corinne. See how you're getting on. So yes, I will. Um. Anyway, I've got to get up early because we're going to see Corinne in the morning. So um, have a lovely Christmas, everyone. I hope you start to feel Christmassy soon. It's got to start soon, hasn't it? Maybe tomorrow. Maybe we'll start feeling Christmas. My hair, I can't believe it when I see it on the video. Look at that. I need a hairdo, don't I? It almost looks like I'm going bald. Jackie! Great <laughs> Jackie. No, biggest fan, Jackie. You really are. Um, dedicated. That's it. That's what we need, Corinne. Um, I, is it starting to go over the ear? That is, a, that is the marker. That is the marker of an urdu is needed. Right, I'm going to go and do some important stuff because I'm a very important guy. Don't you realise that? And I will see you not next week, week after, 4th of January. Uh, be there or be square. And um, good luck for Christmas. Yeah? Love it. Got a heart. Right, checking myself out. Happy Christmas and Merry New Year. No, happy Christmas and... Uh... Have a question not covered in today's show? Then send it over to info at styanoplasticsurgery.co.uk using the hashtag AskJJ. We'd love to hear from you.